I-V-M. We would like to thank Storytel for sponsoring this show. Storytel is an audiobook platform that lets you hear hundreds of thousands of stories on your mobile, on your PC, wherever you prefer. You can get a great deal by signing up at the URL storytel.com slash IVM. So this week, I'm going to recommend Watership Down by Richard Adams. It's a quirky book. It's the story of a group of rabbits, how they face the destruction of their den and subsequent escape and journey to their new home. It's funny. It's heartwarming. Really cool. It's basically Exodus with rabbits. I think you'll enjoy it if you haven't read it before. And let me tell you a little bit about where you can go get it. Go get it at storytell.com slash IVM. And you know what will happen if you go and sign up on this link. You'll get your first month for just 99 rupees a month instead of 299 That's 200 bucks off. Go get this book right now. You'll really enjoy it. Is there any formula behind success or high achievement? Can we really decode and imbibe skills, habits, or even personality traits of high-performing individuals? How do we accept ourselves for who we are and still continue to grow? Welcome to Absolutely Right, the first graphology-based podcast show in India. I'm your host, Aditi Surana. I am a graphologist and a high-performance coach. And I must confess that I have been on a quest to find answers to all these questions I just mentioned. Most high performers that I have studied so far show a few common traits. Their ability to question the norms, external as well as internal, tops the charts. I know external questioning is obvious as they are these leaders, path breakers, revolutionaries. But the key to growth comes from internal cross-examination, where they can look at their own perspectives, beliefs, habits, or even other personal norms and evaluate them and change them. In today's episode, I will be analyzing our guest Rajiv Bakshi's handwriting. Rajiv is the CEO of Reliance Big Synergy, one of India's oldest content development and production companies. Earlier in his career, he worked with Discovery Network for 13 years as a head of products and marketing and was credited for building its 11-channel portfolio, 10-year leadership for Discovery Channel and pioneering lifestyle category with TLC. In today's conversation, we will discover Rajiv's ability to question the norms in action. This one point we will be talking about and exploring from multiple perspectives. As you listen to this episode, remember to listen to our two new segments, Autograph Please, where I talk about how Rajiv is misunderstood by people around him by looking at his signature that depicts your public image, and Graphology Tool of the Week, where I take the signature-related conversation to the next level by talking about no mask no entry as we are approaching our 100th episode we will be doing a five-week series on signatures as many listeners have repetitively asked me about signatures their public image their significance and a lot more around it raji will join us on the other side of this short break stay tuned hello everybody welcome to another great week on the ivm podcast network if you're not following us on social media please do we're ivm podcast on twitter facebook and instagram so everybody, please do help us out with our survey if you haven't filled it out yet. It's on ivmpodcast.com slash survey. This survey is really helpful for us. And, you know, fill out the survey completely and uh, we'll put you into a lucky draw and we will send you some IVM swag. And what a great week of episodes we had and what an eventful week we had. Let me run through some of the episode highlights really quickly. On Pesa Vesa, Samir Nair of Applause Entertainment was on to discuss the web series Scam 1992. Great conversation with Anupam was had. Do check that out. Bhavish Sumaya of Hasbro was on Advertising is Dead. On Positively Unlimited, Chitna is starting a new series from A to Z. This week, Align. 
to check that out. And on GBCD, Farhad and Sunetra asked the question, what if they were straight? Interesting conversation. Definitely do check that out. I think you'll enjoy that. And one piece of news for you guys. Cyrus Says is now live on YouTube every weekday at 10 a.m. If you go to our IVM podcast YouTube channel, you'll be able to catch us over there. And stay tuned for a lot more video content coming out in the next couple of weeks. And with that, let me get you back to your show. Hi, Raju. Hi, Alti. How are you doing? Very well. Happy New Year to you. A very happy New Year to you as well and your team. Thank you. So we are here talking about your handwriting and uh, this is the first time you're hearing about graphology, is it? It's the first time I'm having someone take notice in my handwriting after my class five teachers. So yes. Okay. So did you did you hear a lot about your writing from your teachers? Because yeah. uh, it they looks more illegible. <laughs> they gave up on me. And then I can thank, God, thank God for Bill Gates and Microsoft to create something called Microsoft Word. Otherwise, I, I would have been struggling. I would have been struggling. So out of curiosity, after how many years are you actually writing a paragraph on a paper? You know, I have two young children and of course I teach. So I do write because of them. But yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. If I was not writing for my kids, uh, writing two pages is, is difficult. Uh, I, can, yeah. I can imagine and I can see. You see, the issue with, with my, my approach to writing is I like to finish things fast. Mm-hmm. And to my now, there was a time when I I could write fast and think slower. Now it's reverse. I'm thinking faster and I can't write as fast. So I think it's gone worse now. It used to be slightly better than this, but okay. it's gone to another zone now. I think. So you can become a doctor now, finally. At least a chemist. <laughs> so let's look at the part that you're talking about in your writing is illegible because of the speed. And many times this happens and I've seen this with CEOs and leaders because they have so much to think and so much to catch up on. Every minute, every moment, they are preoccupied with multiple things in their minds and thereby paying attention to details, paying attention to every small process becomes difficult. Now, writing, which becomes illegible because of the speed, which also becomes like this thread-like writing sample, talks exactly about that. So one of the things that I look at your writing and it stands out is as a person, though you are in this public you know, field and you connect with so many people, people would be surprised to know that as a person, if given a choice, you'd prefer to be by yourself. And I would say uh, very, very selective with friends and, and people you surround yourself with. We may yeah. call you a loner to that extent that you would prefer being by yourself to that. Degree. I used to tell a few people and perhaps a few girls that I'm an introvert and they thought perhaps I'm trying to kind of position myself or trying to impress them. But I can honestly believe I'm a kind of an introvert when it comes to work, obviously duty calls and then you become something else. But sure. if there is no kind of reason to speak, I will take an 18 hour flight and not speak to people sitting on my left and right. Yeah, and I, I think that's completely true. And, and we keep talking about it. You are an introvert who has learned how to, or rather mastered how to speak and communicate and reach out to people. But introverts really gain energy by spending time by themselves, doing activity where they can engage and really go slow, uh, connect with themselves and spend time pondering on smaller things. That's like what I'm you know, just saying. I also, I also come from the school of thought that, you know, don't disturb silence if you have nothing good to add. And I try to kind of maintain that. I mean, if there's mm-hmm. nothing that you can add or there's no reason to speak, I'd rather not. 
very few people actually understand what you just said is so profound and so powerful yes but you know but that's sometimes taken as uh, by some people as perhaps arrogance or i was I about to say and and i don't think it's about introvert if i look at your signature and i'm going to come to that conversation when we talk about our next segment call autograph please but when i look at your signature which is about your public image you are understood uh, or misunderstood as an arrogant person because you do not uh, do things to please people or make them comfortable you are to the point and you really pick up the the points the way you would like to present them you look at the gaps you look at how people are missing the details and you talk about it now when people feel confronted they feel uncomfortable about it and they feel you're probably trying to do it or you're thinking something that you're not communicating all these things are scary because most people are not used to it see a signature as we call the autograph today signature is something i think picked when i was in class 9th my dad asked me to open a bank account i was reluctant i felt no reason to open a bank account he insisted he won and i then scribbled something which was largely my name sure and it so happens everything else has changed over the life but my signature mm-hmm. hasn't really evolved it's basically what it what i did maybe 20 years back uh you could say it's gone a few curves or a few, few bounces or maybe a little longer but by and large i would say the form is still the same i would say form generally yes and that is understandable but there are many micro changes that i can see through your signature so for example the speed at which you write think and also the illegibility the detailing has changed and i i do not know your previous signature but i can look at this one and i can say this cannot be a signature of a 14 year old person well people try to create mystery around themselves like perhaps this is my attempt to create a little mystery around me by giving my signature this is the little mystery that i can possibly create how many yeah, people would the signature is really legible and the mystery that you're creating is by being who you are in public without like having multiple faces to show and hide a lot of information so rajiv what questions do you have for me See, I don't know whether you can. I mean, of course, I have a list of questions for anybody who asks me this question because very few people give me a chance to ask questions. Oh, do you they, go ahead. Usually, they expect me to answer. Uh, so, tell me from my, from my how I write, or from the way you've seen my process of writing, and the words which come out and how they kind of shape together, form a sentence, long, short, and my colons and semicolons. What field should I have been? I'm in the right uh, profession. Isn't it too late to have that question? I, I, <laughs> it's, it's an opportunity. I'm going to last now. Twenty years hence. Do we have any options? Did you dream of any other career than this? You know, I I thought I would be a lawyer. You know, forever. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that's a profession. Really, was my first chosen uh, profession. And I okay. actually took admission, and I went to a law school. Uh, and it's only after the first. couple of i think lectures i felt uh i like the law but this process is something i can't kind of uh, savor so you definitely require something which is faster which moves with time which evolves constantly so you do not like to repeat a project or a process over and over again you like to question it question the norms if i may say and as you move into a situation you like to reinvent the parts which are not moving now any profession that allows you to do that you would thrive there also you want to work with people who are better than you in some or the other respect and that matters a lot so if you think that you're surrounded by people who are not adding value to you you get restless 
And Absolutely. if you think that you are, you're constantly being questioned and you're, you're limited by your own knowledge, you love those spaces. You know, these are the things people feel uncomfortable about. But in your case, you really thrive when you, you are questioned, challenged, or even when you fail. It's very interesting to look at it, but you thrive in your failures. Like anytime you feel that, do you play any sport? Well, I used to play cricket, tennis, golf now. Uh, that's the only thing left. You know, eventually when you become, I don't want to call a loner, but certainly, certainly a little, little more qualified introvert, golf is the only thing which remains. That's so, the only thing perhaps you can do alone. Uh, so, so if you look at that as a skill, you thrive when you get something wrong, when you want to perfect it, you want to become excellent at it. And that pursuit, which is completely internal, nobody is watching, nobody is clapping. But that pursuit is something that you define your life with, you define your journeys with. Well, so you can, know, you, you're quite right there. I mean, in a sense, uh, I certainly admire people who have more knowledge than me. And uh, one, because that improves me and it also gives me inspiration. And honestly, I, I strive for inspiration every day. Uh, and to your first comment about wanting to do something different every day, I think I'd like to say, and I kind of, I've been fortunate. I say that I never had a dull day in my work. Uh, every day has been different for me for the last 20 years. I never repeated a day. Wow. So much so I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. That. That's amazing. Yeah, Very so I, do that. either I enjoy too much of what I do or I don't know which one it is, but I never had a dull day. Barring a few exceptions, I never had a dull day. And I quite kind of creating uh, on a plain paper. I mean, if you give me a plain paper, I'll, I will cover it in a few hours. So the kind of career-related question that you ask, you require something which is logical, creative, spontaneous, and ever-evolving. And if I, if I may say the profession that you have chosen actually allows you to do all of it. And that's why you keep reinventing yourself every other day. Absolutely. Life is full of accidents and some accidents are great and happening and uh, happy and some perhaps are not. But I think I've had some happy accidents. And so, yeah, I, think that's I, feel, amazing. I feel fortunate. Next question. I, I want to understand how do people pick me as an emotional person or not? I mean, not about who I am. I know who I am. I want to mm-hmm. understand from where I write. Uh, is that how my demeanor in appearance, etc., would also be? My writing would replicate so my verbal uh, words? I'm going to step in and talk about your emotions and describe how you process information there. Now, it is very difficult for others to understand how you may react to a situation. And that unpredictability is not about you're trying to make a point. It is because you're evolving at that speed. So if somebody tries to put you in a box, oh, he is emotional like this. He'll behave like that. This is how, you know, you can expect him to to treat me. That doesn't happen. You question yourself. You break out of your own molds and you do the same with the others. And that is a challenge. People mostly struggle to to run and, and keep up with your pace. Functionally and emotionally. Now, I'll, I'll tell this little bit further, okay? Rarely people would know that you're highly intuitive. So most of your emotional choices and processing mechanism is based on how you perceive things, which is beyond the logical understanding. So they stand there in an emotional argument and give you all the logic possible. And they're trying to convince you. And they're trying to, you know, build a picture. But you're not operating from logic, which 
people do not understand. You are you are actually perceiving the overall situation and seeing what is possible and what is not possible, and you are kind of fighting the battle from that perception. Now I'm saying this because you do write partially disconnected, and anybody with disconnected writing has the gift of being uh, intuitive and also disorganized. So. With with your emotions, also when you try to explain, there is lack of linearity. What happened one year ago or two years ago won't happen again, and you are in this moment, fresh, new, trying to figure out this conversation with a new pair of eyes, which people do not understand, and that creates the biggest struggle or misunderstanding when it comes to the emotional spaces with people. And and you suggest to people, I mean, including myself, uh, signatures should be crafted with some intent, or they should come as they do. So it depends on the objective. So when we craft a signature, uh, we craft your public image. We literally pick the aspects that you would like to showcase to the world. And through graphology, you know how we do logo designing for a company or a brand. Right. You think about the aspects you want the customers, the employees, and even the the management to pursue. So the whatever vision that you have, you literally pick those aspects and you try to create a symbol out of it. I right. look at signatures as personal logos. I feel they're so important because literally when you're not there, your signature is your symbol for the other people or the world. But more importantly, it's a symbol for you in your mind. So if we can create a code that you can reinforce every time you sign, we are programming and reprogramming you for the paths that you choose. And that's why crafting signature is is a way of therapy. it has to be done understand after understanding who you are how you think what are your objectives and then you craft a signature i was uh, talking to some teachers today morning and uh, while having this conversation we spoke about the same point and they said you know when kids write initially so many graphological aspects are applicable even they do not know how to write but the very moment you put a pen to paper suddenly the mind and body coordination takes over and your right. mind gives away information that one can capture so we are talking about that information here tell me and help me understand my writing suggests that i'm reckless careless carefree what is the impression you get when you read my one paragraph so you are carefree for sure but you're also I can't say disciplined, but you're very systematic in your mind. So whatever preferences you have, or whatever internal systems that you have created, they must be followed to the T. So that carefree behavior also has, like, there is a there is a an order in this chaos, which people cannot see, but there is an order. You can what what is that away in my writing? How did you pick that from the writing? Two aspects. When somebody writes a letter F. which is a complete formation say so when you write your f it is like uh, you know it has a top loop and the bottom loop and it's a complete formation that shows impeccable planning and execution so when you set to plan something it will go to the t and nobody can really mess with that plan and you will make sure it is executed but when you would be creative you'll come up with completely out of the world ideas that other people are not ready to deal with they do not know how to execute it but you would stand there and you would create those ideas and i'm saying that because in writing we have something called upper zone so you know you have loops in your letter l and your d's so all the loops that you have are well formed talking about the actual creative conception of ideas so if i have to combine these two i would say yes there is recklessness in your behavior also you are you are a dis- disconnected writer so you have so many ideas coming in intuitively 
but when it comes to planning and execution it is done precisely now that is very confusing for people because they try to put you into the box of somebody who's like overtly creative and then they see your planning and execution but that looks somebody who's really precise so they get confused and that's why i said the biggest challenge for others to deal with you is to cope up with the evolution process that you go through and this is whether they see my writing or not they will judge me exactly how you saying this you saying this is my personality is demeanor Perfect. writing is writing is only giving it away to you but others will of course uh, notice it by behaviors in the room yes and experience yes is there an ideal writing, writing is there an ideal writing format uh, or is it too deceptive to do that so raji is there ideal personality ever well i keep hearing there could be <laughs> they keep telling me i'm not <laughs> so yeah <laughs> probably for you other people are deciding what is ideal but for for in general right you know there is no way we can create a formula of how all of us should be because the beauty is in in the diversity that we bring to the table and the fact that you get to be the full complete version of yourself is where the 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 poetry of personality and life is you can uh, Aditi, i envy people including my wife who's such a fluent handwriting my sister is such a fluent handwriting i can see and uh, I, and i i admire the fluency in the handwriting in fact when we do fill forms for my daughters i will ask her to fill it especially with the handwritten there's no point me filling it they'll get the name wrong or something else wrong uh, not that i don't make an attempt i make a secret attempt to write it very carefully i mean i have to write this check twice and when okay. i write my check you have to find twice in the back twice in the front so that it doesn't give me a headache later uh, sure. and i do it for them not i don't know but i'm trying to be nicer to the other people so that at least they get it and it's a an effort and i completely it goes unrecognized and i'm telling sure. you i get this i feel sorry for you rajiv i mean i hope somebody does because i really do it for their uh, peace of mind and comfort that they can process the check or process the form sure uh, but some people are such fluency in the handwriting and i also believe i have fluency except doesn't show in the writing i mean i write very fluently i don't stop it's a continuous True. draft i don't True. pause True. uh i seldom pause how do people see that i mean is fluency a great sign of something and uh, in my case it doesn't appear as i'm be fluent so it fluency in writing Sorry, you got to repeat that line. I couldn't hear. More disorganized in your words. Uh, if somebody sees my writing, you see broken, disorganized. So we call it connection formation. In writing, there are multiple ways in which one letter could be connected to the other. When people connect it in a more uh, uh, flourishing manner, you know, like literally having connections which are well defined, and mostly they are like garlands. You know, literally there's a U formation from one letter to another. You have this U formation. Now most convent kids have that formation. They they were forced to write like that, and that right. is about being socially more acceptable. That connection, you know, what you're talking about, that that fluency in connection talks about. You want to be part of a group or a team. You work as a as a collective unit. and people are more adjusting and tolerant to other people's behavior now all that i said is not applicable to you and thereby your writing does not show any of it because your strength lies in questioning and in in becoming the the person who would make everybody in the room uncomfortable by saying things that they require to hear let's talk about two particular people who would generally be extra nice to you all your life your father and mother they would generally be generous to you when they would look at this handwriting and i have never dared to ask them 
How would they be perceiving me? Not because of the handwriting. I just want to understand how do they perceive me? Same as the world, yeah, would, same to... as the wife. I, I was I was about to say I don't think for your parents they needed handwriting. They just knew you really really well. Now I must say that uh, you're very close to both your parents, and you're very very adjusting as a son. So when it comes to prioritizing how they function and what they require, though you are you are stubborn in places and you are forthright in your opinions. When it comes to their responsibility, you do change your priority, and that's very very important for you. Like when you approach the situation, you do not jump to conclusions, and that patience. If I have to really like, you're not even as patient as uh, you with with your kids as you are with your parents. it's really mesmerizing to see how the same person who would be impatient around the world when it comes to your relationship with your parents becomes really really uh, caring responsible and quiet like you know you really become a better listener than ever let's talk about the most important person in anybody's life today especially in the corporate world the boss um uh, how would a boss over the period would have seen you know my notes or writing Uh, Not notes. Let's talk about how the the boss would deal with you, or how how difficult yes. it is for your boss to cope up with how, you. Was it difficult for them, or am I kind of a you know a pleasing ride for Does them? Does he walk like really, Rajiv? <laughs> you know, something you you're delighted to have a subordinate like some people. So am I? Am I that? You are that uh, that subordinate who would make sure that. that the boss cannot control cannot uh, give only instructions without giving explanation you do not back off if you're not convinced and if you're not convinced uh, it shows on your face so you may keep quiet but you know in your expression everybody in the room would know that rajiv is not convinced about what just happened here so definitely if you're not an easy subordinate to work with but uh definitely uh, i would also say add here that people have come to respect you and see the value that your behavior adds and that has kind of encouraged you to be more stubborn i may say so with somebody like my handwriting with the impression about me change every succeeding quarter because first three months person may think differently another three months differently another one year differently is is there a successively a person's opinion about me changes no that doesn't happen like that in your case okay. you change with with your internal journey the changes are very drastic they are not time bound you don't set goals for say 2020 i'm going to work on these five things that does not happen but you definitely change over a period of time but when you change the change is very drastic so if you believed in one philosophy and you like literally lived by that rule for say 6 months and then you got convinced about something exactly contrary to that you would change and you would jump in and you would experiment with the next thing and give your 100% when you're trying that now you would not sit there and question oh my god i did something else and what would people think about me in the month of jan i was saying something else you won't you would in the month of june because you believed in something new you would switch you would change and that is very difficult for people to adjust with but that's who you are and then right. that's what you love to do and seeing who you you seen me quite kind of thorough from my handwriting what is the advice you'll give me as a practice in the real world what should i do uh, i'm not suggesting everybody should love me but uh, for people to kind of enjoy my company let's put it like that or uh, like me or tolerate me whichever one we want to take 
Okay, so I'm going to break this question in two parts. First, what advice I would give you in general, and then we'll talk about other people. I personally feel that you used to be more engaged with the activities that you did. And in last probably uh, three years, you haven't felt that level of engagement with things that you are doing and projects you're working at. And that is something you've got to relook at because that cannot continue. You have to sit down and evaluate the projects that you are engaging yourself with, make the required shift or change. And I'm saying this specifically because I do not see you growing at the speed you would like to grow. So are you growing faster than others? Yeah. Is it uncomfortable for others? Yes. But are you growing at the speed you would like to? I think no. And How this do you is where three years? You put a specific period of three years. Where does that come write, from? Because when you write the entire page, it divides your kind of, you know, the timeline of your life on the page. And I've gone through more than 16,000 handwriting samples. So you kind of start getting the timeline even more precisely when you look at the the sample. So it's, I think, very mathematical more than anything else. So when when I speak about that, so that learning curve is something where you have to pay attention because that can become completely frustrating. If If all of us do not grow and feel intensely involved in activities that matter to us, we start getting frustrated and stressful. So that's point number one. The second point of how uh, people can deal with you better, I feel you have to break things for them to understand. So you think you do that, but let me break it for you. You do not. Like they feel that you really uh, move way faster than they can cope up with. So the way you do it for your parents, especially, or for your students who are like nine-year-old, three third standard kids, you know, how you break that up. You probably have to do that for other adults too, without getting impatient or judgmental. Because if you get judgmental about why they don't get it, you might not roll your eyes physically, but you do that mentally. And it is very evident on your face. So you can't hide those expressions easily. And can you also take out anger, happiness in writing? Can you pick those things as well when you see someone writing? Yeah. Like in your case, yes, I think your to answer all those questions, enthusiasm, your writing moves to the upward side. You know, when you write on a blank sheet of paper, the writing moves up and uh, that talks about the immense amount of enthusiasm that you bring to each project. If I have to talk about your anger, your anger is residual anger. So you hold on to something and and you try to process it. You don't try to react on it. You may snap, but you just quickly hold your, your comment back and you want to process it. But if it is not processed, which happens to many conversations, it builds the, the, I would say ammunition. And when you really take an action, you don't necessarily sit and talk with people, you take an action. So you finally reach a point where you take a call, whether you want to do it or not, if you want to walk away from things. So when you take that call, you have all that ammunition, which is unresolved. And all those residual moments kind of come together for you to feel uncomfortable about things. So their communication and probably giving people a chance to explain themselves will really, really help, I would say. Those are the moments where you feel angry. And what does the writing give you in terms of any insight in the future, near future, far future? I cannot uh, does it predict. Does it give you any insight? Does it give, no, no, not about my about, future. It can talk about the tendencies that you can you behave That's what I'm with. Saying. I'm saying, so well, can you, you notice anything shifted? 
any things which are shifted over the period which i said like three three years specifically i've thought that your engagement has reduced that's one thing uh the enthusiasm still covers up for the lack of engagement so other people can't see it but only internally you can see that say the boredom is setting in or the the frustration or the questioning whether i should do this or not all of that is setting in now uh you know more than ever before so definitely that is a shift i see so rajiv we have spoken already about the the signature and how you're misunderstood and all those aspects but let me hold one comment for our segment called autograph please where we actually look at the signature and talk about the gap between who you are and how you're perceived now we have already covered many points in that context but i want to add one little thing about how you're misunderstood and please give us an example if that has happened to you so you're very yeah. picky and we are very peculiar in the way you want things to be done so if you want 3 o'clock something to be done it has to be done at you know 3 o'clock maximum 3 3 or 5 not more than that and people generally feel threatened around you and that's what your signature says that pub people like public image wise when people look at you and they see all these preferences it is really overwhelming for them do you have any example of people you know saying that to you you know i would use the word i won't even use the word peculiar but i'm particular i'm certainly particular if you said something to happen at 3 o'clock see i run tv channels a program okay. has to start at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock it will start at 8 o'clock I can't give an excuse to an audience saying no. I'm sorry, delay by five minutes, six minutes. It doesn't sure. happen in a real professional world. So sure. I'm basically trained for that. So if I said age is going to be eight, if I said seven people will arrive, seven will arrive. If I said mm-hmm. food will be mild spicy, it's got to be mild spicy. It's just like that. So <laughs> I mean, it's simple communication. So yes, I'm particular uh, because I'm investing my time and my if my resources or my effort. If I'm investing any of this. and have communicated as such or i've been told as such i see no reason why it shouldn't happen like that and so, if it can't happen all i want is an advanced intimation or perhaps an explanation later sure. i i don't i don't i don't like uh, people being casual about it uh, yeah. to the extent that it starts affecting my performance or my enjoyment Sure. So if it doesn't affect my enjoyment and performance, I'm fine with it. But when it starts affecting my enjoyment or performance, certainly I have a kind of I believe I have a I have a role to kind of uh, point out. Uh, so has it happened that people really felt threatened, uncomfortable, nervous around you? Have you heard stories about it later? Yes, I mean, yeah, not just later, maybe in real time as well. But yes, now people are more confident <laughs> in real time. And you know, it's not happened so easily. Of course, I've compromised over a period of time because my friends would make me stand up for one hour wait, two hours wait, three hours wait, half an hour wait. Not everybody is as punctual or as regimented. People say that you know I have more like the army background. Of course, a lot of people in my family are from kind of background of army, and therefore they're disciplined. But it's largely comes from my mother. Because my mother is mm-hmm. very disciplined. My father was never so disciplined. He it didn't matter to him time, watch, clock doesn't matter. He always wear a wristwatch. I don't think he followed it ever. My my mother has never worn a watch, but she's always very particular about certain things. So I think this discipline has come to me from my mom, and mm-hmm. it's it's ingrained in my in my body. I I can't help it. Sure. Uh, so I time if I have to time somebody's travel, if I have to get petrol done on the way or I eat somewhere or make a call, mm-hmm. I can time it. And of course, your rest of the world can also do that same thing. But if they try to schedule, I see no reason. 
You see, when you go to theater, right. you want the movie to start on a certain time. Right. No, why can't you be with him? I mean, you can't be double standards, right? When it comes to your convenience, you're fine with it. When it's not, so yes, but but yes, in meetings, in reviews, when people say I want to come back to you in two days, I honestly believe they mean two days, which is forty-eight hours <laughs> from the day they said, and I will count forty-eight hours from three o'clock. I don't know how sure. they count, but I count for what they said. So if they said, I'm also laughing so much because you know I, I spoke about the letter F when I was analyzing, and I said you know there are two loops in the F on the right side, and that particular formation talks about how precise you are with your planning and your execution, and people around you who would not have that same F or that kind of planning and execution skill would always have these struggles with you, and you would have struggles with them. So yes, I, yes, I hear you. I, I don't know whether they're trying to deceive me or. Or they're casual about it, or it doesn't matter to them. But it should, and I just <laughs> want to make sure that they understand that forty hours from three o'clock will actually happen at three o'clock two days from now, and not. So I, it's a simple calculation of life. I mean, if you can't do that, there's a. <laughs> so I don't mind if somebody says seventy days, but then sure. I will know seventy days. Yeah, and, I will <laughs> and you but send them yeah. a reminder that seventy days are over. And I would, I would be kind to them to send a reminder because it's possible they may have taken it casually as world does sometimes. So I would tend to send them a reminder, and they should not take that as being rude. I just try to tell them I'm not being rude or pretentious or presumptuous. I'm just telling you that one day is left, sixty-nine days are over, <laughs> and it's my duty to tell you that. And I think I'm being a friend. I'm not being nosy. I'm just being a friend. But people sometimes get it. I I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. I think this this whole different perspective and you know really understanding the world from from your angle and that's what we love on the show. You know, actually bringing different people from different walks of life and seeing the world through their eyes. That is so powerful right. because sometimes. our listeners might not be able to understand the brother or the boss or the family member and when you bring in your perspective they can relate to the story and start understanding those people even better so thank you so much for being so vulnerable and so open about all the questions that you asked i had a great time my pleasure thank you for hosting me and uh, having me on the show thank you thank you i love this autograph please segment signatures are revealing and how When I started my journey with graphology, I questioned everything that I came across. How can this simple handwriting stroke and signatures talk about innate, deep-rooted behaviors? I don't want to represent anything that I can't support. Okay, I said many things like that. I dismissed it, denied it, doubted it. But something about the accuracy of the subject kept me hooked. Sample after sample, I saw synergy in what I had read in my books and what I saw in the actual samples. So as you and I have been on this journey of absolutely right long enough let me take our conversation to the next level let's talk about signatures yes that is the only part of handwriting we are left with but signatures talk about your public image how you are perceived how people look at you as your first impression how they understand and misunderstand you so let me present graphology tool of the week no mask no entry I know we all are tired of listening to this sentence everywhere we go but let's accept we do not have any privilege of getting tired of this message on stickers posters or even billboards 
We understand what it means when it comes to corona and hygiene standards. But do we understand the same message when it comes to our social situations? Across all cultures around the world, when people interact in social situations, they're expected to wear a mask. Not a physical mask, but this fake projected persona, as Carl Jung calls it. We call it manners, the hazeeb, or even social norms. Let's accept. Our social media posts may say things like, be yourself, others are taken. Those who do not like you for who you are, are not your friends to begin with. Or, be who you are no matter what. However, the matter of fact is, as a society, we do not accept people if they are being themselves completely. We judge them for showing their real emotions and being vulnerable. We laugh at their choices if collectively as a group, we do not approve of it. Unknowingly, we demand that each one of us must wear a mask. A mask that covers certain undesirable, sensitive, unpleasant aspects of people's life. A mask that helps you fit in this predecided structure of boxes so that other people can deal with you in a better manner. We all behave differently in public in comparison to how we behave at home. Understandable. We all have a work face, social face, or even a socially acceptable, polite smile face. Basically, there is a gap in who we are and who we project ourselves to be. Understandable because some degree of gap is healthy as it allows you a breather, privacy or even required personal space. But the problem is when these masks become misleading altogether, they turn into traps. I know I'm sounding a bit strong here, but I have seen people feeling lost under the burden of these masks. Wonderful people spending their lives only in fabricating this false image that can get them the approval required, living unhappy and anxious under the garb of a smiley filter, you may say. It breaks my heart to see how these wonderful conflicted people keep living in the question and doubt of their self-worth. Graphologically speaking, your handwriting depicts who you are as a person in your personal and private life. And your signature talks about who you are when you project yourself in public. If there is a huge difference in size, shape, spacing, formation, pressure, baseline, connection and other such aspects of your writing and signature, then you feel misunderstood by people around you pretty much all the time. In my Graphology Masterclass, we have a dedicated segment to these signatures as they're very, very important. They're the reason behind how valued you feel when you're with others. What kind of first impression do you make? And how some people cannot understand you no matter what you try. If you see a huge gap in your handwriting and signature, then ask yourself, why do I behave differently when I'm in front of others? You need not share this with anyone. It is between you and me. But be honest when it comes to noting these exact changes? Is it the tone of your voice that changes or your body language? Do you think your expressions are different? What do you do? Why do you feel the need to pretend to be someone else that you're not? Your motives, your understanding will actually help you see the gap clearly. Now, here is a trick. If you see this gap in your friends, bosses, spouses, even parents' handwriting, you will see how they behave differently in public and in their private personal life. Now, you might have seen them in both these scenarios, so you know the gap. Graphology will give you a specific tool to look at what exact variation this creates. Now, you might have seen this gap any which ways as you know them in their personal and public life, but graphology will give you a better insight into it. Please note, having this insight is very powerful. 
please note that having this insight is very powerful. So if you choose to talk to them about it, be kind and gentle. In our next episode on Friday, let's talk about how these gaps in your handwriting and your public image create conflicts in relationship. And why not? When people fall in love, they fall in love with their public images, which means signatures. And when they get married, they have to live with the actual personality, which is their handwriting. Now, this is very, very tough to do. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of Absolutely Right. Go ahead, look at someone's handwriting and see if you can find any way to help them by seeing the gap in their writing and the signature. If you like this podcast, then don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on IBM Network. You can listen to us on IBM Podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let's connect on Friday. Till then, happy writing. Hey, I'm Zarina, your peak performance coach, leadership coach, and life coach. And I'm here to unleash that power within you with your weekly dose of mantras and empowerment. Tune in to Monday Mantras every Monday for your quick fix and the empowering series with Zarina Poonawala every Thursday for riveting real-life stories. You can catch us on the IBM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fan's point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us. Sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Hedges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IBM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts.